0: Frenzies! It's episode 65. Oh, it's going to be a great one. Today we're going to talk about my game plan for surviving the rest of the school year. (laughs) Because after a couple weeks in school, I was thinking, how am I going to do this? How is this all going to work? So let's talk about developing your own game plan for how you can make it to the end of the year. I'm going to have lots of fun self-care tricks and tips and hopefully there's something you can walk away with to make your school year even better. Your whole life, better, better, better. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks. We will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin a coffee-drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today, and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. Frenzies, welcome back to Episode 65 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. I am your host, Jessica Martin. I go by the whimsical teacher online, and you know why. I'm a little weird. I'm a little bit of a wackadoo. What are you going to do, right? This is my podcast where I just wanted to explore uh, how to be a healthy and happy teacher. And ironically, right after I started the podcast, my health just went down the tubes. (laughs) Total trash. My happiness, not much better. So it's kind of a really funny show in a way. It's very ironic like that I started this random show about being healthy and happy on my own journey, and then things have just spiraled down like this, this doom type of toilet. <laughs> uh, yeah, good times. But at least you're here with me now. If you're feeling the same way, well, obviously, you're not alone. You got an old frenzy in me. So on today's episode, I want to talk about how to survive the school year. Now, last week's episode, I talked about surviving your first week at school, and I kind of dished on my first week and just how I got through it, and now I'm ready to dish on (laughs) how do do we get through this probably hot mess of a school year. (laughs) I mean, it hasn't happened yet. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing it's going to be a flipping hot mess. (laughs) So, okay. This is kind of my plan because I'm a planner. I like to plan. I own too many planners. I buy planners. I don't even write in them. I just like to have the planners, right? They just make me feel better. Like a warm cup of milk before bed. I need to have a planner by me at all times. (laughs) I really don't drink warm milk before bed. I think it's a little creepy. But anyway, Um, if you do, I take it back. It's not creepy at all. (laughs) All right. So my first kind of goal is like, how am I going to survive this school year? I have a million health problems. They keep getting worse. The doctor's like, quit your job, please. <laughs> please quit your job. I've never known a healthy or a happy teacher in my entire life. <laughs> That's no lie. That is no lie, um, which just brings this show, <laughs> brings full circle back to the show, right? <laughs> so i just been thinking like, what can I do to survive this school year? mentally, emotionally, and most of all physically since I've been having so many problems. So here's sort of my first plan. I wanted to share it with you. So I've decided that my self-care needs to come first, right? My self-care needs to come first. I talked about this a bit in last week's episode, but basically I'm putting my daily self-care in front of everything. And I know, especially if you're like a teacher mom, it's really hard to do because you're taking care of other people. But Just remember, people will survive even if you can't micromanage them and plan every little thing out for them. They're still going to survive. Trust me. There's 7 billion people on the planet. I think it's proof. (laughs) So anyway, this is what I'm going to do. Focus on my self-care. So on the weekends, I'm focusing on meal planning and any kind of shopping I need. I'm planning out what I'm going to eat for breakfast each day of school, what I'm going to eat for lunch. Dinners are a little shifty. At least two or three dinners I'm going to plan out, right? I can't plan out every element of my life, but when I know what I'm having for breakfast and I know what I'm having for lunch and I know when I'm making those things, things are better for me personally as someone who is struggling with a lot of disorders, (laughs) got a lot of diseases going on. So I have to really look at my health and what I'm eating first. Um... So, and then the next thing I get really behind on like toiletries and like personal care for myself. I mean, I don't want you to think I don't buy toilet paper, but you know what I'm talking about? Like little things I use for my makeup or moisturizers or shampoo, conditioner, little things like that. I don't know. During the school year, I'll just let it go and go and go right? Like I'm putting I'm putting water in the shampoo bottle. I'm shaking it up. I do that like eight times. <laughs> I just like, I really, it's really, really, really hard to take care of yourself during the school year when you're stressed out, you got a million things on your plate. So during the weekends, you know, in addition to meal planning, I'm like, okay, let's check out all my toiletries. And when I say toiletries, you know, I'm talking just anything that I need to make myself feel better physically. Um, And it's just, I don't know, there's some things that have come up lately that I'm like, wow, I really should get a supply of that. (laughs) Maybe I need to start investing in that company now. (laughs) So anyway, take a look at what do you need personal care, toiletries. I mean, even right down to like bras and underwear, right? Like, I mean, I got a full drawer of um, underwear. <laughs> Not like you need to know that. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad Whimsical Hubby isn't here right now because he would be looking at me like, what are you doing? But anyway, um, I was looking at my bras and you know, they're kind of shabby, a little beat up. So I kind of did like a little bra assessment this weekend. I was just kind of like, okay, how many new ones should I buy? Like, how can I take better care of them? It was just kind of like a bra weekend, but it's a very important part of my personal care right is is knowing that I have these things that make me feel good about myself and that help me get through the week so that's what I did this weekend I know that's a little weird I know it's a little weird to tell you that I was like in all my bras this weekend but <laughs> you know it's a part of self-care um Another thing that I've been doing is pre-planning all of my outfits for the week. Now, I don't necessarily say, I'm going to wear you on Monday, you on Tuesday. You're a Thursday kind of outfit, right? I don't go through each day of the week. But I do look at my closet and I'm thinking, hmm, what am I feeling this week? What did I like last week? what's feeling good for this week. And I sort of just kind of set things aside in my closet, like this could be good. This could be good. Definitely not this. Ew, (laughs) this should go to the thrift store. (laughs) This could be good, right? And so, you know, like I did that last week. And like I said, I didn't plan out all my outfits, but I had two or three in mind. And then when I was getting ready in the morning, you know, to just be able to grab those really quick and know that I already sort of pre-approved them, put the stamp of approval on them. It was great. And I had a lot better week not fretting about what I'm going to wear in the morning. And I know some people lay their clothes out at night. I'm not that responsible. Like I've done it before, depending on how early I have to get up, especially in the wintertime. I used to actually have a hour long drive commute to work. And sometimes there'd be a snowstorm and I would have to get up at like four in the morning or something. It was, it was chaotic. And if I didn't have my outfit planned, it would just be awful. So plan for your situation. Um, I also look at my shoes every weekend. I'm just like, okay, what shoes worked for me this week or what? I pick out two or three pairs that I'm going to wear during the week. Again, I don't necessarily coordinate those shoes with my outfits, but I'm like, I I try to go back and forth. Like I, I never wear the same pair of shoes two days in a row because, you know, they're going to wear out sooner. And, it kind of messes with my feet a little bit. My feet are very sensitive because I have a disease called gout. And so I really got to take care of my feet and I have to be comfortable because it's very easy for me to um, injure myself further um, than than what my body's already doing to me on the inside, right? So anyway, I take a look at my shoes, go back and forth. I usually pick out two pairs. I'm going to wear this pair and this pair. Make sure they're looking spiffy and cool. It's just something that I need to do for me. You might have something else. You might wear a new pair of shoes every day or the same pair of shoes every day. It's fine. But I I do feel like shoes are one thing that we, a lot of people have tons and tons of shoes, but they're not actually good for their feet. (laughs) Don't even, don't even get me going on this. (laughs) I guess I'm already going on it, but I'm just saying, are your shoes good for your job this week? You know, are they going to keep you healthy for many years to come? And, you know, I think you should have a couple different pairs that you switch out. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, another thing I do is I've been practicing things that will lower my blood pressure because I have really high blood pressure. I've been in and out of doctors the last couple of years for it. The doctors say it's your career. It's your career. You got to find a new one. Uh, we get a lot of teachers in here with high blood pressure. It's very, very common among teachers. It seems to be a bit of an epidemic. <laughs> So anyway, I I try to practice things. I am on medication and I do take my blood pressure several times a day, but I need to have some kind of like when I feel myself getting upset at school, I need some instant ways to kind of bring my blood pressure down because the more pressure um, and the more stress on my heart, like that's causing damage that's going to last uh, forever. And so I just need to find ways to calm myself down really, really quick. I do a couple weird things. Sometimes I like pinch this little area between my thumb and my index finger. And it just kind of reminds me like, oh, you're upset right now. You need to calm down. You know, like this pinch is kind of a reminder. It's almost like my subconscious coming out like, hey, things aren't going well for you. Um, I also just kind of close my eyes uh, for five to 10 seconds. And I put my hand over my eyes and I just kind of like breathe deeply and count from five down to one. And sometimes I just need to do that. And sometimes I need to sit for longer. Sometimes at lunch, I need to sit for like five minutes with my eyes closed or my head down. Um, And this is just a part of my life. So like you need to figure out the little things you can do to keep your heart and your mind healthy as well. Uh, Just something to think about, something to think about, like, what do you need to work on? How can you fit in five minute chunks of it while you're at school? All right. Here's my next big tantee. I know this is really a popular thing on social media, like stop working outside your contract hours, you know, like you got to stop it. But I think, you know, it's inevitable. It's inevitable, especially on years like this year where it's a pandemic. Uh, you're going to be working outside of what your contract, uh, states, right? And that's especially true for elementary school teachers. I feel like secondary teachers get uh, a little bit more prep time. I'm not trying to throw any shade here, but having been secondary and now elementary, secondary gets a lot more time to try to get their act together. Um, I actually had no preps at my last school, Um, but a lot of places you do get a prep, prep time each day. And Elementary school is just a different kind of beast. So if you're an elementary school teacher, I think that you really need to just kind of accept the fact that the year is chaotic, there's going to be times that you're going to need to give up your free time. And you shouldn't feel guilty for that. It's just part of the beast, right? It's part of the beast that you signed up for. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow. A lot of people hate that. A lot of people hate it. But I will say that a lot of the loudest voices on social media are people who have quit teaching, right? They've they've quit. They, they don't do it anymore. There's a reason for that. <laughs> I'm not throwing any shade at those people. I'm just saying there's a reason people leave the profession in, like, masses. <laughs> and there's a reason, like... Like, I I have a lot of buddies on social media, and I started making a lot of these friends five or six years ago, and over half of them, of everyone I've met, has quit being a teacher. Over half. Like, 40% of my pals are still teachers, right? There's a reason for it. It's a chaotic profession and it's easy to give advice once you're out of it and you're free, right? You're like, oh, I'm done. Now I can give all the advice in the world. I'm telling you, I'm in it and you cannot just work your contract hours. It's probably not going to work out for you. I mean, there are systems and courses that you can take. I know Angela Watson has a really great one um, about having more of a 40-hour work week. But sadly, it it is hard. It takes a lot of work. And a lot of effort um, to get to that point. And like I said, I know more secondary teachers who have figured it out than I do elementary school teachers. Elementary school is a different kind of of, uh, of wheelhouse, right? Like there's just different things going on in elementary. So anyway, what I do for myself is I choose, am I going to stay late or early and, or am I going to split the two, Right. So, and in that way, I'm kind of limiting myself, like not staying at school for, you know, 10 hours a day. I'm sort of limiting myself by saying, okay, I'm going to come in 45 minutes early and leave right when I can. Or, you know what? I'm going to stay 45 minutes late today and then I'm going to leave. You know, I'm not going to come in early though. Or I split the time. I'm going to come in, I usually split the time. I'm going to come in 25, 30 minutes early. I'm going to stay, 20, 30 minutes late um, just so I can get the things done that I need to do because I don't really like being stressed out or unprepared or not having some of my stuff done, right? And I know this is a really unpopular belief, but one thing that I like to remind people of, and it's kind of an icky pill to swallow, right? It's kind of icky. It doesn't taste very good going down, right? But like teachers are salaried employees. And just because we have contracted hours, like when you're salaried, it means that you're getting paid a chunk of money for your service for that whole year. You're not an hourly worker. You're not clocking in and out with a, with a timesheet. So don't let the the hours that you spend at school get to you, but do limit them. You know, do find a path that works for you a little bit early, a little bit late, always early, always staying a little late, right? Like find something that works for you that you can feel good about. And another thing is like embrace the activities that don't feel like work and don't guilt yourself over that time. The job is so diverse that there are activities you can put your time and effort into that don't feel like you're working. I call that flow. It's when you're just doing something and it doesn't really feel like you're working very hard. And a lot of people will disagree with me, but like sometimes I have conversations with colleagues or parents and we really get talking. There's a bit of a flow, right? It doesn't feel like work. I feel like I'm having a decent time. Like I know technically I'm working, but it doesn't feel like work. Like I'm having a good conversation. I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. So I'm not going to beat myself up for being in that flow, you know, and it's just all about finding the activities that give you more flow and don't feel bad when that's what you're pouring yourself into. And for some people, it's decorating. For some people, it's planning. For some people, it's organizing things. Some people, it's hanging out with colleagues or having conversations or doing special things for kids. Like, don't guilt yourself over what you feel is beneficial for you. And the way you know is that you sort of lose track of time, right? You lose track of time a little bit. Don't beat yourself up for those moments because those are the moments that make the job worth it and make you want to keep on going. Okay. Another thing I do to make my week a little easier is I fix up my space. I pick a day of the week. I fix up my space, my desk or a corner of my classroom, or even on Fridays, I decide every other Friday I'm going to have the kids like clean their desk and help me organize things. I'm just like actually choosing to fix my space and and not let things get out of control. Uh, it'll allow me to have a good Good two week chunk at a time, right? That's kind of how I'm planning it right now. Um, Another thing you can do is uh, a lot of schools, like a lot of schools do and a lot of schools don't, but some schools have like a PTA or parent volunteers. And, you know, you can inquire about that. And a lot of people already know if their school does or not, but, you know, sometimes those people can help make your life way easier. They can make you copies. They can find you things. I mean, I'm not saying to use and abuse those people, but do you use all the resources available to you? I found out, gosh, this was probably like four or five years ago. And I guess even, yeah, even when I was in middle school, I found out that the local high school had like teacher's assistants available and they didn't really tell us that. Like nobody said like, hey, do you want a teacher assistant this year? It was just something I had to dig around and I found out. That I could get myself a teacher assistant. Some years it turned out being a bit more work than it was worth, but then some years it was actually a a huge lifesaver. But I mean, there are resources in the community available for you to make your life a little easier. Are there parent volunteers? Is there a PTA? Is there somebody that, you know, is willing to do copies if you ask them to? Sometimes you got to kind of ask around about these things and You know, I know in in the teaching profession, sometimes you feel a little weird and selfish when you're looking for help and someone to like do things for you. I mean, one year I didn't have any help and I randomly had a parent come in and she was like, you know, I used to help. This was when I taught fifth grade. She said, I used to help my, you know, when they were in kindergarten and first grade, I used to come in all the time and help. But then as soon as I got to second grade, it's like the teachers didn't want my help anymore in third grade and fourth grade. And she's like, do you, do you, do you like my help for anything? And I was just like, yes. I would love it. And I mean, some schools are really receptive to this and some schools aren't. Right now with the pandemic going on, it might not be something you can do It's get a parent to be able to get into the building and volunteer for something or help you with something. But just keep in mind, like every single parent is a resource for something. They can do something for you. Just kind of keep it in the back of your mind. You know, like, I mean, it's not only just about them helping get their kid on track, but some of them have amazing resources and connections in the community. They can make a dream come true for you. I remember when I was in seventh grade, Our seventh grade um, ELA teacher, she like one of the parents owned a limousine company and she convinced them, like on the last day of school, to take all the kids out on little trips to the gas station in the limousine. Right. It's just weird what can happen if you start asking around and like just kind of seeing what. How can the parents assist you through the year? What talents do they have to share? Can they come in? Do they know how to play guitar? Can they come in and f- sing a few songs? Can they, you know, do a video chat about their career? Uh, is there something they could volunteer to do? I mean, just remember, like, you're not an island in the profession. Like, you're you, you you're not an island. You're not completely by yourself. You have colleagues and you have resources and parents are huge resources for you to sort of make your life a little bit easier. And um, so that's kind of like always going to be in the forefront of my mind, like after my self care, taking care of myself and sort of like understanding that like, understanding and accepting that I'm going to have to spend a little bit more time, especially on a year like this year than I want to, right? Then I ask myself like, okay, what can I do to make that time go a bit easier? And the biggest thing is resources. What do you have available to you right now? You know, the PTA, volunteers, teacher assistants. I mean, what is out there that will just make things easier? One thing I'm learning through my library program is that if you have a librarian, a teacher librarian on your campus, teacher librarians just are a wealth of information and knowledge when it comes to Um, activities and databases and ways for like parents and and the community to get involved with your classroom and organizations outside the classroom they actually know a lot about like like they can hook you up with um, things that will kind of shake up your year a little bit and make it more fun for you and they can really help you um, depending on you know what kind of school you're at and where you live. Like, so even the other teachers at school can can really help you uh, have a better year, right? All right. So again, um, just remind yourself that everything's going to work out. You know, sometimes we need to let go. Uh, sometimes I get really upset about something and I'll tell my BFF tutor about it. And then she'll just be like, why do you care so much about that? And I answer. And then she's like, well, explain more. Why do you care so much about that, right? And she keeps asking me, why? Why do you care about that? Why do you care about that? What's the real reason you care about that? And I'll be so exhausted and so frustrated that, I mean, she's right. Like, I'm the one choosing to care about these things. There's actually like the root of everything I care about is just because I want to, right? Like when she asked me why like 20 times and I'm like, well, if I don't do that, I'll get in trouble. Why do you care about that? Well, I don't want to get in trouble because, okay, why, 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 why? And the end, the end answer is always because I don't know, because I, because I want to, right? Um, and so just, you can kind of do that with yourself a little bit. But um, What I've realized from the process is that everything I get worried and frustrated about at school is just stuff that I'm kind of imposing on my own belief system about what I think I should be doing. Like 90% of what I get upset about are just things I think are important. And it's sort of like a mind shift to just believe that they're not, you know. Um, Anyway, another, the last thing to just survive the school year is give yourself permission to do countdowns. Um, I know a lot of teachers don't like doing countdowns in front of the class, right? They don't like saying like, oh, there's only so many days of school left. A lot of kids love being in school. They love being around you. You are the highlight of their week. Uh, it's sad but true. <laughs> like a lot of kids don't want to go home for the weekend. They'd like to stay with you all weekend, right? But it's okay if you do the countdowns for you. I have apps on my phone for countdowns. Countdown to the next day off, the ne- like the next holiday off countdown to the next big break, countdown to the end of the school year, even if it's day one of school, the countdown helps you see progress. And that's why I think countdowns are good and they're healthy. And I'm not saying to put the countdown on your board and have all the kids like staring and facing at that all, all year long, because for a lot of people, it's not a good feeling. But for you as the teacher, you know, if you're feeling stressed out, take account of your progress. And every single day that you make it in the career is progress. And I'm proud of you for doing that. I'm proud of myself as well. All right, frenzies. I hope you got some cool ideas or just things to think about. Maybe you just like hearing my tanties. I mean, I like hearing my tanties, so I figure other people must too. Anywho, here's to having a great school year. Here's to surviving and getting through. And even if you don't, it's okay. I won't, I'll try not to throw any shade at you in future episodes. I just want to say shade for like the third time in this episode because I thought it was kind of funny earlier. All right, frenzies, I'll be back for a new episode in five, four, three, two, You've just finished listening to Healthy Teacher Happy Je- Happy Jessica? What? <laughs> oh no, I don't know how to stop.